Welcome to Respect Life Radio. My name is Deacon Jeff Bennett with Catholic Charities, the Archdiocese of Denver. Remember, you can listen to all of our shows at respectliferadio.com. Today, our guest is Charlie McKinney. He serves as the president of Sophia Institute Press and has since 2013. Charlie founded the Sophia Institute for Teachers, a mission of forming Catholic teachers that has trained over 30,000 Catholic school teachers. And prior to being at Sophia Press, Charlie served as the vice president at St. Thomas More College, a liberal arts college in Merrimack, New Hampshire. Charlie, thanks for joining us today. Thanks, Deacon. It's great to be with you. You know, we do a lot of interviews with a lot of your uh, authors, and, you know, you do such great work. Kind of from your perspective, how important is what you do, especially when you sit back and look at the times in which we're in and just the constant attacks on faith and family and just, you know, the culture in general? Yeah, look, I think the most important thing for any Catholic right now, um, and frankly, at any time in history, is to focus on your spiritual life, um, you know, because that is what's going to give us the uh, the wisdom to deal with the culture and all the problems uh, that, you know, beset us. Uh, it's going to give us the, the understanding and the knowledge and the counsel and the piety that we need today. And so we really focus on producing books and producing content that helps people to deepen their spiritual life. And if we can get more out of prayer, uh, get in the habit of prayer, focusing on overcoming our virtues, uh, overcoming our vices and, and building out our virtues, then that's going to give us everything that we need to fight back against the culture and make sure that we create in our home those little habits of holiness that are necessary for developing our, our children to become knowledgeable and and loving Catholics. So everything that we do really has that in mind. All, all the stuff we're doing for teachers and the curriculum we develop, all the books that we uh, produce are all focused on on that, and so I, I don't think there's anything more important. I mean, our salvation depends upon it, so the the spiritual life is is really where it's at. I think it is because if we give that up, I mean, we can see where we would devolve into this uh, you know this culture of paganism which we see today, and I think you know especially focusing on. On teachers, right? We can see the indoctrination of kids in public school, and and to be honest, even some Catholic schools have gone off the rails. So I think you providing those type of materials to help strengthen Catholic schools is is really critical, and it is incumbent upon parents to make sure that the schools they send their kids, even if they are Catholic, are following the faith and doing things the right way. Yeah. Look, when I when I, I became Catholic uh, 14 years ago, and I, I didn't really realize that not all Catholic schools were practicing and teaching the faith well. And it really shocked me when, uh, when I saw, you know, many of the, the teachers teaching my children, uh, they sort of lacked enthusiasm for the faith and, and lacked um, some knowledge about the faith, and the textbooks were you know, let's say inadequate. Um, and that was, you know, that was sort of the impetus for creating Sophia Institute for Teachers to create teacher training programs that inspired teachers, equipped teachers, made them enthusiastic, helped them to become enthusiastic about not just the faith, but teaching the faith to young people and to realize that their vocation in the classroom is to serve as a witness to Christ. 
And, you know, we put this together and it, it just exploded. There seemed to be a, a real demand for it. And then we started developing textbooks and curriculum that really focused on not just helping students to know the faith, but to apply it to their own spiritual lives and develop that spirituality. So I think in many ways there's, you know, it's not like a, there's, you know, hostility to the church's teaching as much as there is just malformation and a lack of knowledge. And teachers are hungry for that, and students are hungry for that. So the more that we can can provide them that in a compelling way, uh, it just it's just exploded over, over the past six or seven years since we started that. I agree. I'm a convert myself, came in in 99. And, you know, when you, you think, geez, I'm coming into this this community and and things are going to be great and and they are right i mean we have the sacraments we have you know tremendous blessings within the church but we do have you know when you say the word catholic it's hard to tell what that exactly means there's people all over the place you know you think you know joe biden thinks he's a faithful catholic and right it's right. and so and, and we've even heard them say, or Biden say, look, when your kids come to the public schools, they become our kids, right? They have a total misunderstanding of the kids. Children are the gifts to mom and dad. The schools are there to help, but mom and dad need to be the primary teachers, and they don't become anybody else's kids just because they leave the house, do they? Right. Well, you know, they, there's been some studies on this, too, that show that you know, if the parents aren't involved in the faith life of their children, there's a very small percent of children that grow up to become active active Christians. I think it was the Baptists that did this multi-year study, perhaps multi-decade study. But what was most interesting is if the, 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 the children have a 92% chance of becoming an active Christian if the father is involved in the faith life of that child. If the father's not involved, it's only a 17% chance. So what's really important is to make sure we get those fathers involved and engaged. And so to some extent, there's only so much we could do in the parish, and there's only so much that we can do in the schools to help these children develop those habits. It really is, do you say prayers before you go to bed? Do you say prayers before meals? Uh, is 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 the Catholic faith active within the home? That's where those little habits are created that the children take with them forever. And so, in many ways, we really have to make sure that that parents and adults are are practicing the faith because that's what's going to set the next generation up for a revival of Catholicism. Well, and it, and you know, it is a reminder to everybody. Everybody makes that promise when their kids are baptized. I'm going to be the primary teacher they they tend to forget about that and i know when my kids were growing up i would hear parents say well my kids go to catholic school so they'll be fine and i don't have to do anything you know i I wonder where they are today because that attitude is just so misinformed and i think what you do with the with the materials that you produce especially as you're you're getting you know i don't know if you've gotten had a lot of games before but you know we interviewed Lorraine Bennett on her game regarding temperament. You have this new game coming out, The Journeys of St. Paul. Really provide family activities instead of family disunity where they're scattering all over the place. Most of the time, they don't even eat dinner together. Yeah, that's right. Well, you know, we've, we were looking for opportunities to create fun, engaging ways that the that the family could play together while being focused on 
on the faith. Uh, so uh, obviously know thyself, uh, the game of temperaments you interviewed Lorraine about is one. Uh, a, a, another program that we created is Family of Faith, which is a, a parish-based family catechesis program, which is now being used by almost 30,000 families. And Journeys of St. Paul is, is just the next uh, effort in in a, a string of activities or programs that we're trying to develop. And Journeys of St. Paul is you know the 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 feedback on this has been great uh one of the things you know i i have five children and one of the and i play games with them but you know to be honest with you there's only so many times i can play shoots and ladders you know just <laughs> so i we wanted to create something that you know both the parents and the kids could play over and over while still being intellectually stimulating without making it unfair to both the parent to either the parent or the child. So one of the games we have at home it's like a quiz game called Professor Noggins and it's to get little things on science and geography and but what I loved about it was that there was a hard question and an easy question. And so you could play with your children and I could take the hard questions and they could take the easy questions and it was competitive and we were both being challenged. And so we sort of took that model and applied it to the board game so that, you know, you could be asked more difficult questions on theology and, you know, geography, you know, in the time that scripture was being written and the life of St. Paul and the children would be asked more simple questions. And so you can have a competitive and fun game that's still challenging you and keeping you involved all all the while you know you're discussing you know these important topics uh related to the early church and and to scripture so uh, you know we've played it multiple times in our home and you know we haven't we haven't been tired of it yet and and we're hearing good feedback from family so far well, and I know it's, you know, for ages eight and up, you can have up to six people playing and, and it, the time limit is reasonable, right? 30 to 60 minutes. So it really is an opportunity to talk to faith. And my guess is the conversations continue even after the game because things have come up and something we didn't know or, you know, you want to discuss more. So it really is thought process and, and really getting the mind interactive instead of these mind numbing, you know, um, video games or games that people right. are playing on the computer where they're shooting up and, and, you know, destroying things. And it's really between you and somebody you never see, you're playing somebody far away. This is human interaction, which is exactly what Christ designed the family for. Yep. It's definitely old school in that regard. And, uh, but at the same time, look, the quality of this product is, is good. The gameplay is a lot of fun. You know, it's not some cheap knockoff of a game. It's a, it's, it's at the same level of quality of, of any game that you'd find, uh, you know, wherever you buy games. So I, I feel, I feel like, and the artwork is beautiful done by a Catholic artist, and you're right. It does it does create a lot of conversations within the game and after the game, all focused around good, solid content that that families should be discussing. As president of Sophia Press Institute Press, what what's kind of your thought process when projects or ideas come up to you? What's what's kind of your litmus test to kind of filter down what you're end up what you're going to end up publishing or what you're going to end up doing? Yeah, that's a good question. Uh, as you can imagine, the number of ideas and proposals uh, that come to us are are somewhat overwhelming. Um, you know, maybe ten or twelve a day. Uh, so I, I would say the 
the the big thing is you know when we read a manuscript or you know we're coming through some idea the the litmus test is did it help us in some way us the readers me or our marketing team to grow in our own spiritual life or you know improve in you know improve in some way and so that in many ways is the big litmus test to get through hurdle one and then hurdle two is is you know how much has been written on this topic before you know if there's 15 other books on the same topic you know we're probably going to pass on it um and then is there a sufficient number of people interested in the in whatever it is to make it worthwhile i mean while we're a nonprofit and our goal is not to make money our goal is not to lose money and go out of business either so we have to have those practical aspects in mind as well but the big thing is did it help us in, in some way and if so it's something that we want to put our efforts behind and and make it available to as many people as possible so do you guys ever sit down as a team and say you just kind of sit back and look at the world and you know try to focus there's so much going on and say you know what we need to address this particular topic or this attack on the moral foundation of faith, whatever it may be. And so do you guys sometimes come up with topics and then go to authors that you have relationships with and then ask them to produce work because you've identified a need? Yeah, we've done that. Uh, we'll, we'll often come up with a list of, of, of books that we haven't, um, you know, that uh, book ideas or concepts that we feel right. are needed, but nobody's writing on. That's one. But most of the time, the authors we work with are are constantly coming up with ideas, and and we'll often say, no, that's not work. What about this? And we'll kind of go back and forth until we find something that that they're passionate about writing that's on their mind and is something that we think would work for us. Because I do feel that authors tend to produce a better product when it's something that that you know has been rolling around in their head for a year or two and they've become passionate about they've got something to teach they've got something to um that that tends to work pretty well although there are a number of authors that that like to dive into a subject matter that they have very little familiarity with because that's their process for sort of becoming an expert on it and and learning themselves so we kind of go both ways but uh, you know a good example would be this the the family catechesis program and these games like that whole we 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 had determined some years ago that that was a big gap that you know we want to focus on on making sure the parents are involved in the faith life of the children and we wanted to create a series of products and games and things like that that fostered that now that's a that's a big investment in a multi-year strategy but you know what you see of journeys of St Paul is some is the result of you know, four years later, uh, another product that's aimed at solving a, a wider cultural problem we see within the church. And, you know, we picked that up because working with in the schools and parishes with our curriculum, we constantly heard from priests and directors of religious ed that, you know, parents would drop their kids off for confirmation or first communion preparation. And then, they didn't go to mass on Sunday. It was almost like a babysitting, uh, you know, role that the church was playing. And so that made us realize that there was this, this problem that folks were coming to the church for baptism or marriage or first communion, but they weren't necessarily being pulled into the, 
the, the, the church and attending Mass and taking part in the sacraments in a consistent way. And so th- that that's just sort of a long-term major problem that we're trying to do several little things to help foster and fix that. Well, and I think that's that's universal, unfortunately, right? We see that that parents somehow think it's these are almost boxes that need to be checked off. And I guess deep down they know it's important, but they don't show that it's important. So we see the same thing at our parish. Uh, we have a parish school, and it's I, I look out and I wonder, are these kids even coming? And probably because their parents aren't. So I think that motivation and providing more opportunities to focus on the family, because let's be honest, the attacks on the family marriage, abortion, right? We have the, you know, indoctrination of children in our public schools and even in our higher institutions of, of learning, gender ideology, we've got the drag queen stuff going on now. I mean, the attacks are everywhere. Are you seeing a greater demand for the spirituality, the books that you guys are putting out for people because they're trying to grow in their faith in this, really, this pagan world? Yeah, I mean, we, we it, you know, it's hard. It's hard to say. You know, Sophia was in some pretty rough financial shape seven or eight years ago, and 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 we've had some pretty exponential growth every year ever since. So I'm not sure the degree to which the growth that we've experienced is because we were coming from such, you know, way behind or, or whether or not. Yeah, yeah. So it's really hard to tell. Um, but I, you know, look, I mean, we all see the numbers, and 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 we know what mass attendance looks like now versus three years ago versus 10 years ago. So, and it's certainly not trending in the, in the right direction. And it's hard to really know what that is. Is it the, the overarching culture that seems to emphasize that, um, you know, faith is incompatible with science? Is it, uh, or is it the fact that they, they go to a parish and, you know, it's, it's unwelcoming or, or maybe it's just bad music or bad homilies. It's, you know, who knows, you know, what it is, but, you know, it's something I think we've got to take a comprehensive look at because if, if you're doing all of these efforts to get people back into church and they come into church and, um, you know, it's just, mm-hmm. it, you know, it's a bad homily or, or the music is, like Sunday school, um, it, you know, you, you have no idea how much you're you're turning off people in need. So, I don't know. I think it's um, it's a pretty big problem. The solution is got to be comprehensive, and I don't think any one group, organization, or entity is going to be able to solve it. I think it's it's a multitude of little platoons out there, you know, t- testing different models, and and you know, you just see what works. Yeah, I mean, in the end, you you can be paralyzed by just looking at it and not knowing where to go. Or you try stuff and you see what works, like you said. And I give you guys a lot of credit. I know you've published a couple books recently from Bishop Athanasius Schneider, who, right, basically calls Mm -hmm. it like he sees it. I just interviewed him last week. And, uh, you know, he talks about, uh, you know, the modernist view that has crept into the church from the Vatican down. I mean, all those things, I think, to your point— are impacting the faith community and people's participation at mass. And again, we can only do what we can do, but it sounds like you guys are focused. Hey, this is our niche. This is what we're going to work on. And you know what? We're going to be the best at, at, at this as we can be kind of thing. 
Yeah, I think I think that's why the spiritual life is important. And if there's a lot of confusing things coming coming out of the church, and you know, you could go to one priest and another down the road, and they might say two different things. And you know, I think if you focus on authentic Catholic spirituality, that's going to give you the peace you need to survive all the problems inside and outside the church. Yeah, I mean, I was just watching a video the other day, and my stomach churned. It was a mass out of uh, Chicago, no surprise. And they're they're doing bubbles, and people are dancing around. I mean, I, I'm like, no wonder people aren't coming. And that's why, you know, you got, unfortunately, we have some bishops and that, that have fallen into this. You know, we're into the entertainment business and trying to please the world. And I think you guys are focused on the faith and really drawing closer to Christ and trying to overcome what's in the world. Have you found, um, and I, and I don't know if it's with any of your books, but you know, there's, there's secular alpha, you know, whether we're talking Amazon that have, uh, you know, decided we're not going to, we're not going to run these books because it goes against, you know, our thought process of what things could be. Have you run into that kind of stuff with any of your books? No, we really haven't. Um, we, we none of our books have been taken off Amazon or or banned anywhere. I don't. I don't think we've experienced any. You know, we run Crisis Magazine, and we had and and Crisis. You know, is very critical of the, you know, homo- homosexual movement, and yep. you know, we haven't been kicked off Mailchimp Good. or you know none of that yet. So. I don't know if we're just not big enough to be on their radar or what, but thanks be to God, we haven't we haven't bumped into any of those issues. Well, that's good because I know some authors have, and especially when we're talking with you know things that are so critical um, uh, with the moral foundation. We live in a world where you know, unfortunately, you know, when we were growing up, you know, Disney was there was no problem watching Disney movies or or going to Disney right. World doing things and. And now we've seen what companies like that, who were designed to be family entertainment, have gone off the rails. I'm sure there's, you know, any corporation you look at now, uh, the term woke corporation could go with almost any of them. So to hear what you're doing and see what you're doing is really important. And, you know, do you look at the world in that frame and say, look, good grief, we need to get people back focused on this because even the entertainment they can't trust anymore. Yeah, look, that's the thing. And it's, and you're, you're kind of at the point where I was just talking to my wife about this last night. Um, because it, you know, now we're in June, which is pride month and, and everybody's pushing out these emails and whatever that is, you know, is, is inconsistent with our faith. You, you almost can't boycott anymore because there's, there's nowhere to go. It's, it's, it's completely universal. Um, you know, you, where, where would you pump your gas? Where would you go shop for clothes? There's, there's nobody left, uh, that's not pushing an agenda. And it seems to me that they're really just, and I think one of the reasons why we haven't been kicked off anywhere is just because nobody has, we haven't been noticed, by any of these organizations that have been set up to put pressure on uh, corporations to cancel people. And 
it seems to me that they're all just afraid of a very aggressive movement that is out to cancel people. And we just haven't showed up on their radar yet, perhaps because we largely stay out of politics um, that we haven't showed up. So I don't know. It's it, it really is all over the place and it's hard to get away from it. You can't get away from it. And, you know, Disney, you name it. it it's pretty it's pretty bold. And I'm just I, I just got to think that there's going to be some aggressive pushback from parents. And I think we're already starting to see that somewhat. But but I just can't imagine even parents who are, you know, maybe not with us on the faith would still be appalled that their children are attending some drag queen thing like you just saw in Texas or, you know, or teaching homosexuality in kindergarten. I can't imagine that most parents, Christian or not, would find that acceptable. Yeah, for for young minds who their biggest concern is, you know, whether I'm eating peanut butter and jelly or a ham sandwich and, you know, am I going to my friend's house or are they coming to mine? Those should be the concerns of a kindergarten or first grader and young kids. And unfortunately, they're pumping their heads full of stuff. But you guys are doing, you know, again, the good, wholesome, faithful, you know, games and books. And, you know, we just. We just interviewed Anthony DiStefano on his latest book regarding how angels got their wings. And so you're putting out a lot of great stuff. Just we got a little over a minute to go. How can people follow what you're doing? How can they see all the books that you guys have put out? And uh, where are you on social media? Yeah, you could go to SophiaInstitute.com. And uh, and if you sign up for our emails on, on the homepage there, we send out every week a different book or a different product with uh with a pretty significant discount. Uh so that'd be that'd be the best place to to get us and then you know we're on I don't know what our handle is but you know <laughs> the links to all to all our social is is on our homepage there but sophiainstitute.com is is the best place to to go to get you know all our sales, all our access, all our new products. Well, and you have a lot of new stuff and it's coming out all the time. I mean, I work with uh, Sarah and she she's been great at showing, you know, all the things that you have coming out. And it's just amazing how much stuff you guys do have coming out and it's quality. And, uh, you know, to get into the games and to hear about the teachers, what you're doing in the schools is really uh, commendable because we don't have enough people doing that. And we have way too many right. people complaining about the problem, but not enough people willing to step up and address the problem, at least from whatever angle or wherever they their position in uh, their life is. And you guys are doing that. So I commend you and I, I, I thank you. And I ask you, please, please keep it up because if you don't, I'm not sure who will. Respect Life Radio is produced by Catholic Charities in the Archdiocese of Denver. And remember, you can listen to all of our shows at respectliferadio.com.